You're listening to The First Gen Coach. I'm your host, Carla Santamaria, a civic engagement professional turned mindset and career coach. As a first-gen immigrant, college grad, and corporate professional, I have experienced firsthand the many struggles and challenges that first-gen professional Latinas and women of color often face when navigating unfamiliar and unfriendly corporate environments. In this podcast, I will share insights for career success and will feature inspiring and successful first-gen women to share their journey and their stories. If you're ready to tap into a growing community of first-gen professionals, you've come to the right place. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Before we get started, I actually have really exciting news for you. I have two ways that you can get coaching from me. And the first way that I'm going to tell you about is actually what you will see more of in this podcast episode, which is on-air coaching. Now, this is totally free. This is how it works. You fill out the Google form that is included in the show notes. You know, you tell me a little bit about your career, about what your goals are, and about what is an area where you're struggling or where an area where you could use some support. And I review all the submissions that come in and I reach out to you to schedule a a coaching call. And because as first gen professionals, the challenges that we face are so persistent, are so similar, are so common, I know that the questions that you have are the questions that many other people in the audience have. And so we record the coaching call and it is live on air for this episode. Um, So folks are able to benefit from your coaching questions. And again, that is totally free to you. All you have to do is sign up through the form on the show notes and you apply for on-air coaching and you will receive a free 30-minute coaching call that will then be uh, uh, streamed or, you know, the replay will be shared on this podcast. I mean, this is truly a win-win-win situation. You win because you get free career coaching, 30 minutes of career coaching completely for free, Um, you know, and then the, our, our community in general wins, you know, like the, the audience wins you, all of the listeners, maybe you're not necessarily going to, you know, you you don't have any specific questions right now and you don't want to be, um, you know, on air with your coaching questions, but guess what? By listening to a replay of a coaching call, you are guaranteed to reap the benefits And so that's why I'm saying it's a win-win-win situation because not only is the person who is getting coached getting the benefits of coaching, but everyone who listens to the replay is getting the benefit of listening to a coaching call. So I am really excited to bring this opportunity to you. And as I said, it's completely free. All you have to do is fill out the form in the show notes. Now, the other opportunity to work with me that I want to 
talk about for a few minutes is the Six Figure Accelerator Program. Now, you may have noticed that I took a little bit of a break in my in my podcast. I took a little bit of a break from February, and then I didn't release a couple of episodes. I didn't release episodes again, excuse me, until the start of June. And so what was going on behind the scenes is that I was perfecting this program and I was perfecting my own uh, my own method for career transformations and accelerating my own career to a six-figure salary and documenting the process and you know going through trial and error and making sure that I prepared the best program possible for you so that you can also pivot into a new career and fast track your way to six figures. Now, you may be asking, what is this six-figure accelerator program? I don't necessarily love the word program. It is an eight-week coaching space, all right? It is eight weeks of weekly 90-minute coaching calls where we go over the roadmap for career success. You know, the traditional way of applying to jobs is out the window. All right. That is, it is out with the old. It is not how you are going to fast track your way to six figures. It's honestly, when I was going through the traditional way of applying to jobs, it really felt like screaming into the void. And it kind of is. I've repeatedly heard the number 250 applications. Your The typical job that you see on Indeed on LinkedIn, Indeed or LinkedIn, or, you know, through whatever online portal receives 250 applications per job. I mean, how do you cut through that noise? How do you get your resume to the top of the pile? You know how? You go through the roadmap for career success that I will teach you in this eight-week coaching space. All right, so 90 minutes weekly coaching calls for eight weeks, eight reflection workbooks, eight, you know, that include both reflection prompts to really get you clear on what it is that you want from your career, that really help you see your strengths and your six-figure skill set and help you articulate to a potential employer what you can accomplish and what you bring to the table. And also to increase your confidence and to understand that you know what? It's not just what you bring to the table. You are the whole table. Okay. So that is what we dive deep into in this program. Um, and there are action items. So here's the thing, like, it's not just, you know, you sit through this 90 minute coaching call and then, you know, poof, a job comes out of thin air. No, there is work involved. You will be putting in the work, but the work that you are doing is going to be much more meaningful than applying into the void of an applicant tracking system and just hoping that your resume gets picked out out of the 250 people plus that are likely to apply. All right. So it's not about magic. It's not about not doing work. This isn't a a silver bullet. You know, you don't just make a wish. You actually do the work, but guess what? The work that you're doing is more impactful. The work that you're doing is going to bring you better results. Now, because I am a huge fan of giving you all of the tools that you need for success, this eight-week coaching space is jam-packed with bonuses. So 
Bonus number one is the 21 day career clarity challenge. And these are 21 days of bite-sized action and reflection prompts that really help you crystallize and design your dream career that helps you see where you find joy in your career. Because guess what? Newsflash, you deserve a career that brings you joy and that pays you well. All right. So that is the first bonus. Uh, the second bonus is 37 affirmations for career success. So wherever you are in your career, in your career journey, whether you're just starting out, whether you um, have been on this search for three months, six months, eight months, a year, you know, or whether you just rocked your way to a new job, there is affirmations for you that will help you internalize the belief of your excellence. So that is the second bonus. And then the third bonus, the third bonus is a resume revamp bootcamp. All right, because it's 2022, you still need a resume to apply to jobs. Now, you're not going to be blindly throwing this resume into a into a, a, a greenhouse or, or workday or, or many of the other um, applicant tracking system platforms that exist. No, you will revamp your resume, make it the most clear display of your skill sets and your accomplishments and your impact. All right. And I'm going to make it easy to read. We're going to go over the common mistakes that people make, many of the pitfalls that prevent you from having success through your resume. All right. So that is the third bonus. And if you register for a clarity call, if you just register to learn more through the link in the show notes, I will include an additional bonus but it is a surprise. So you actually have to book a call and ask about the surprise bonus. Um, well, actually, if you if you book directly through the through the show uh, through the link in the show notes, um, I will know to tell you about the surprise bonus. All right. So that is the six figure accelerator eight week coaching program that I am really excited to offer. So if you are ready to fast track your way to six figures, if you are ready to get your resume to the top of the pile, if you are ready to really step into your strengths and be making the salary that you know you deserve to be making, then this is definitely the program for you. All right. So I said a little earlier that this podcast episode is a coaching call, and I'm really excited for this new format of the show. Now, today's guest is Rocio. So Rocio reached out to me because she wanted more confidence as she prepares for job interviews. And so, you know, there are so many common traps that can drain us from our confidence and drain us from our power. And then we show up at a job interview, you know, with like this like nervous energy or this scarcity mentality. So in this coaching call, we reframe many of the common fears that arise when someone is preparing for a job interview. We also address the weight of cultural and family expectations that we carry with us when we go into a job interview. All right. This is not something that people generally talk about that 
when as, as a first gen professional, when you're stepping into a job interview, you're not just saying, no, oh, hey, maybe this is, you know, maybe this is a job, maybe this is not. I mean, it is, it's definitely um, a really powerful stance to know what you bring to the table and to know what your strengths are and to know that job interviews are a two-way street, but it's also important to acknowledge the weight of our family expectations or the weight of our cultural expectations of, or, or what it means to be applying to a job that nobody in our family or our community has ever had. So that's one of the things that we go over uh, in this coaching call with Rocio. And then lastly, we talk about how to remain control of your emotions in a job interview, but also how to remain in control of the narrative and of the job interview itself. All right, I promise you it can be done. I am so excited for this coaching call. And remember, if you want free coaching, just sign up through the application form in the show notes. All right, let's get into the show. Hi, Rocio, welcome to the show. Hi, Carla. Thank you for having me. I'm really uh, grateful for this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited for our conversation. So why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about your career trajectory? Sure. So I've been in the tech industry now. I first joined um, six years ago. I didn't even know that was a possibility. In my mind, I always thought tech was, you know, engineers or uh, coders. And once I realized it was an opportunity, I made it a mission to switch careers from healthcare administration over to uh, tech, specifically the SaaS industry. Um, but I'm finding that it was so scary, the thought of even like getting an opportunity like this, that um, now that I've been in it, I've struggled to move on within, within this career field, like in terms of getting a promotion. So I have, I have interviewed for um, what would be considered a promotion in my job role. I've interviewed, I think, maybe two or three times before internally. And I could tell at that time that I hadn't prepared properly for the interview. Um, but it's just, it's just been a lot of different hurdles along the way, whether I'm in, interviewing internally, externally. Uh, I am in a client-facing role now, but at some point I would like to be more on the leadership side of things or maybe even consider a different path in tech but i've been so fearful that it's like it's gotten to the point of point of inaction um you know it's like it's like i'll i'll try here and there to make a change but um i feel like all of the negative thoughts like start flooding in and then i just get to a point of like self-sabotaging um, not preparing the way that I should. I know I said a whole mouthful, sorry. <laughs> no, that is, that is okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. So first of all, mm -hmm. just congratulations on making that transition from healthcare administration, administration, excuse me, into tech, you know, like it takes a lot of courage, a lot of bravery to pivot into a new industry, into a new career. You said that that's something that you never expected. You never thought it was possible. And you no. did that. Yeah. So, so first of all, pat yourself on the back. I know it's been a few years, but <laughs> sometimes it's okay to, to pause and recognize how far you've come. 
Now, so with that being said, so congratulations on that. Now, you said that you kind of want to try something new, right? And that you have interviewed for a, a promotion multiple times. Can you give me a little bit of a timeline for that? Oh, goodness. Um, I think the first time might have been um, six months into the role that I currently have, which was about four years ago. Um, and then I, it's possible I interviewed another time that I don't remember, but another time I distinctly remember interviewing, which was the last time I interviewed internally, was um, the first year of the pandemic. And at that point, um, I was just a hot mess. Like I was going through a lot in the pandemic. Um, I lived in Brooklyn, so, and I lived in a part of Brooklyn. Like if you're familiar with New York City, typically if you want to live alone, you have to live further into the outer boroughs and it's not always like the best neighborhoods and stuff. So I'm like in my little tiny studio apartment dealing with the stress of the world and everything else. And in this interview, um, but I'm noticing too, I get, I get in my head a lot because a lot of the people that you speak to, be it recruiters, managers, they're all white. Um, and sometimes I, I, I find myself really getting into my head even further um, because I'm, I'm judging myself harsher, feeling like they're judging me harshly because I, I feel like I have a certain accent. I look a certain way and I'm just like, all of these things are just like, battling in my head at, at once um okay so yeah but th these these positions that I applied for they would have been like the next step up in my career okay so thank you for for that so first of all it's very challenging to be the one, the first, the only in any environment. Right. So the fact that you're facing that and that you are feeling all these additional pressures, that's 100% normal. You don't have to beat yourself up about it, you know? And then of course, it almost, um, being the only Latina at your job, it sounds like you're either perceive that you're being held to a different standard or that you may very well actually be being held to a different standard. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it's usually a mixed bag with that. Like, it's like more so me being in my own head and just, I think also like carrying past experiences that I've had on, within the role. And it's like hard to like not still carry that with me. Things that I've experienced just with like, you know, white counterparts, managers. Okay, yeah. And and of course, I mean, like we don't exist in silos, you know, like we take, I wish the, the phrase like work trauma was more normalized because we take all of yeah. the work trauma, you know, from one place to the other. Having a manager who is toxic or a coworker who is toxic can mess us up way more than we'd like to admit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So it sounds like you have sort of like this very recent almost, you know, like uh, experiences less than pleasant in the workplace. Now you said that you find yourself getting in your head. Can you tell a little bit about that? Sure. Like what are some of the thoughts that come up? Well, like, so when I have, um, so two separate things, I guess. 
like when I have my weekly one-to-one meetings with my manager, I always feel like um, something's going to be wrong. Like I'm going to lose my job. I did something wrong. Um, That happens to me a lot. And also when I'm in interviews, um, I feel insecure asking for the number that I know that I should be getting salary-wise. And I feel like it comes off in my voice. I feel like you can hear it that I sound insecure with certain things. Sometimes I get nervous Um, when they're asking me certain questions. I feel like I'm like rambling or I don't feel confident in my response. Or if they throw me for a loop, um, I don't necessarily always feel prepared to answer certain questions. Like one that threw me off a year ago, I'm actually interviewing with this company again next week. Um, The guy asked me what my relationship was like with my manager and it wasn't a good one. So when he said that to me, I like, I felt like I like my whole body froze. Like I didn't know how to, how to like keep my composure in that moment. Okay. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, like, (laughs) because if you have your weekly one-on-one and every week you go in with a fear of losing your job, I mean, there's definitely a lot to unpack there, you know, and it's, um, Right. We can explore that, but I think that maybe we can explore a little bit more of the interview that you have coming up. So I think that might be, um, yeah. yeah, more, you know, um, action oriented. So that question is, honestly, I really hate questions that don't tell the person who is interviewing you, that don't tell the employer anything valuable, you know, because the question like, what relationship do you have with your manager? That isn't, that doesn't matter. It, in, it, it has no indication of how you're going to perform in your new role. You and your manager may be besties or you and your manager may be, um, you know, like sworn mortal enemies or sort of anywhere in between or may have, you know, this like, like unpleasant relationship, but that is not an indication mm-hmm. of how you're going to perform in your next role. And so when you think of, and, the, and you know, and I think it threw you for a loop for a very valid reason, you know, because it's like an insecurity that it sounds like you have. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you get a question like that, that kind of like looks back, um, it's okay to take a breath and focus on next steps on like moving forward, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not telling to lie in an interview, (laughs) you know, like I'm not saying that at all. No, of course. But I know that there's ways to like approach that topic. And, And that's, and that's why I was so taken aback was because I've never gotten that question. And I've interviewed with so many different companies. So it really threw me off. And I think it also threw me off further because I didn't feel like him and I were jiving too well and he would have been the person I report to. Mm-hmm. So we're having this one-to-one interview. It's not even like on the phone, it's virtual. So it's like, there's no hiding behind anything. Like it's just right there. So it just, I guess it really threw me off just feeling his energy. And then that question, um, I don't even know what I said. But I remember following up with him and I never heard back. So, yeah, I mean, and that's okay because um, this was yeah. you said about a year ago, right? So this is. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, and so you can, that's definitely something that you can, I don't, that you can plan for. I don't think you're going to get that kind of question again, but you can tell them something like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, um, we, you know, just say like, we have different communication styles. 
Um, but I'm more interested, and then kind of just turn it around on them. But I'm more interested to hear about how you get along with the the different people you supervise. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh. Yeah, and here's the thing: nobody is ever gonna say, "Oh, I'm a micromanager." You know, like I brief down my employees' next. Right. They're never going to say that. So my my favorite thing to do is to ask them for an example, you know, so you can say like, oh, I'm, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to hear how you manage. Can you give me an example of when you had to supervise someone who wasn't performing up to par or when you had to supervise someone who was from a different culture than you or when you had to supervise someone who had a different communication style than you? Like whatever it is that you are concerned about, it's OK to ask them how they manage that in their relationship right. and their role as manager. I love that because uh, obviously I, I don't need to dive into like all the details with my uh, former manager, but it was so bad. It's like, I, I like, I'm like, even if there was anything good, I couldn't even think of anything good when that question was thrown my way or how to like spin it. And that's what, that's one thing I, I struggle with. Like the way you were able to just like, I don't want to say control the situation, but like kind of like breathe and be able to respond in a, in a way that, that I feel like is a, a great response. I really struggle with that a lot. Oh, well, so just know that it's, it's practice. Like I, I do this right. all the time. I've interviewed, I've been on both sides of this all the time. And listen, recently, um, you know, in, in, the last 15 months, let's just say, I don't want to be <laughs> too um, uh, specific on when I this, yeah. this experience happened. Um, but I was looking to leave a role because I honestly just was not having, um, it, it just, it wasn't for me. And I prepared right. for this interview. And then the man, and then the, the first question they asked me is why are you trying to leave this role? And I, that's like a very normal question, but for some reason it threw yeah. me off, you know, it threw me off because I was self-conscious about the reason that I was mm. trying to leave. So the questions that throws us off, it's usually because they sort of like uncover something that we don't want to talk about. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And so actually with that being said, is there anything specific that you feel like if they ask, you know, like, oh, I'm scared they're going to ask about this. And you mentioned salary a little bit. So can you tell me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that can be one of the things, but I'll, I'll finish asking the question in case there's anything else that comes to mind. You know, like, is there anything specific that you're like wondering or like scared or hoping they don't ask you? Because trust me, they will ask you. Like, if you're hoping that they don't ask you, you know, they're going to ask you. So, well, you mentioned the question about why are you leaving this role? Sometimes it does throw me for a loop. Um, I think probably the main response I always give is that um, I've kind of reached my limit where I'm at and I want to expand my skill set or, or I want to be a part of a different company culture um, just because the software company I work for like they specialize in construction like it would be exciting to work at a software company that specializes in something else because construction is just not my strong suit I don't like it it's one thing to watch HGTV or something like that, but it's totally different when you're having to like <laughs> yeah. do things on the back end. And it's just not, I, I've tried to become as interested as possible and it just, I'm not. Yeah. 
Um, but that's, that is a very normal thing, you know, like you are in you, so you are doing software, you know, you're in a software company and you are interested in that, you want to continue in this field, but you don't want to do construction anymore. That's totally normal. And you don't even like, here's the thing, when you are in an interview, the key thing is to like, kind of help them see, picture you in their job. So instead of saying, oh, I don't want to do construction. Okay. But I still don't know what you do want, you know? So it's like, I, it's, are you running away from something or are you, you know, applying because this is exciting and you think it's a good fit. So always, you know, kind of, Um, yeah. Sorry. I, I, just because, so our, our role, so there are two different types of roles. Um, There's one called like implementation manager where you typically onboard mainly focus on training people um, when they're new to the software company or, or just newly purchased the software. But there's another one called customer success manager. So I was solely a customer success manager, which I actually enjoyed that role and I was happy to do it. Now that our roles have combined, sometimes it's like I wanna use that as the reason why I'm looking for a different role, but I also don't want them to think that um, I don't know. I don't want it to take away from my CSM skills when I say that I'm doing two roles within one. And I mainly just want to express to them that it's like, I want to get back to being strictly a CSM. I don't want to do implementation anymore. Like I don't want to be on the teaching side. Okay. And that's, so in order to best phrase that, I would say, actually, before I tell you what to tell them, let me ask you, why do you want to do customer success more than implementation and teaching? Uh, sure. I like that you broke it down like that. So customer success is more enjoyable to me because there's more of a variety. It's not like rinse and repeat. Um, and it forces me to have like more of like, a, I don't want to say detective, but I can't think of any other word, like um, where I have to like hunt down the answer like it's just it it gives you more variety in terms of like the different inquiries you'll get or approaches to to clients and you can focus on the relationship as opposed to like okay I'm doing the same types of calls every day where I'm essentially you know telling you to complete this training and having to like you know take that teacher approach and do the it's it's very repetitive and I don't like that you know, I'd rather have a variety with my day-to-day and more challenging um, situations with clients as opposed to just having that repetitive type of relationship with them. I don't like that. So I think that's a really powerful answer to that question. You know, just it's okay to want to do the work that you like. I mean, who wakes up in the morning and say like, oh, I wonder what boring, repetitive things I get to do at work today. No. Right. So just by me asking you, just by, you know, me asking like, hey, what do you like about customer success? That is Mm -hmm. a valid reason to like, hey, um, you can, you can, everything that you just told me, you can say in an interview, it's like, well, you know, like my role used to be strictly plus customer success. And I really enjoyed these parts of it. I really enjoyed the detective component and the variety and the building relationships. Um, you know, recently it was merged with another role. And even though I am great at it, um, I don't enjoy it as much. And I would like to spend my time 
doing, you know, where I'm excellent. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that's exactly. And one thing I'm picking up from you that I, I really like, um, I feel like you, you say things and you say it confidently. Like you're not second guessing yourself when you're saying things to me. And I feel like that comes off while you're speaking. And I, you know, I think that sometimes when I'm talking, um, I can like trip up over myself and just start feeling insecure while I'm going through the process. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because maybe I need to prepare more for these interviews, but, um, and I think, I think that I, I've, I've been kind of jaded interviewing with so many different companies that it's hard not to get discouraged to keep going. Um, yeah, I mean, so I first, it's okay. So let me tell you something, job interviewing can be very stressful. Well, the applying to jobs, I, <laughs> as you picked up on mm-hmm. it, the interviewing part to me is easy, but the applying part can be very, very stressful. I remember when I was wrapping yeah. up grad school, people, you know, it's like, oh, so you're applying to jobs. How exciting. And I'm like, what? I'm here having an anxiety attack before I apply to a job. What do you mean exciting? And so what I realized is that I had subconsciously made, raised the stakes so high. So to me, it wasn't just a job interview. It wasn't just a job that I was applying. It was like, oh my God, if I don't get this job, then I just wasted all my life in grad school. And if I don't get this job, oh wow, you know, like my family moved from Honduras to the United States for no reason. And if I don't get this job, I'm going to be like a failure. And it was And it wasn't about the job. It didn't even matter whether or not I could do the job. It was about all these things that I made it mean, you know? And so I think I had to let go of that. So once I let go of that, and once I walk into an interview knowing it's like, listen, I know that I can do this job. We're just going to have a conversation for a good fit. That, you know, it's like, whoosh, you know, like the relief just washed over me. So is that what helps you? Like, like kind of like cutting out the fat for lack of a better word, because I, when you said that, like, yeah, I didn't go to grad school, but when you said that, like everything else that's behind me, when I go into these interviews or just showing up at my job, even though, yes, it's not my responsibility, but I can't help but think like, I have to make this work. You know, my family, I'm the only one that's ever done the things that I've done within my family, you know? And that it's hard not to carry that, that weight on your shoulders with everything that I do. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and then it is. So first of all, congratulations again, like I said before, it's hard being the first or the only, you know, whether that's in the workplace or when you're the only one in your family. And so you kind of Mm -hmm. are carrying the, their expectations, their hopes, their dreams with you. So of course it's going to be hard to walk into an interview because it's not just, it's not, it's no longer a question of whether or not you think you can do the job. I'm sure you could do the job. That's why you applied. I'm sure they know that that's why they're hiring you, but it's imagine trying to have a conversation while like juggling physical things it would be hard. And it's just as hard to juggle all the mental and emotional load that you're carrying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's exact. That is exactly it. And, and I start to like, and then I, you know, sometimes it goes into this like bad self-talk and I feel like it got worse throughout the pandemic 
you know, I was feeling a lot more confident when I was still like kind of going into the office a few days. And, you know, our, our company was much smaller. Our team approach was different, but we got slammed with all these changes all at once. Like, but, you know, now we're doing dual roles and me being a senior person, I was taking on like the brunt of the workload. Um, but it's not like I got a title change or a pay increase for it or nothing. And, you know, I'm also going through the pandemic and everything that came with that. So it's, I'm at a point now where I'm ready to start rebuilding myself, but it's, it's hard to like, like, how do I feel better again, you know, or, or confident enough or strong enough to start doing all these things, you know, cause, um, you see all these other people getting promoted, but mainly a lot of the people you see getting, getting promoted. Yeah. They're interviewing, they're doing the work. They're white, you know, and, and that, that to me is also discouraging too, because you don't see very many of us moving past a certain point. Um, and I know that I'm capable, but it's like difficult to remember that and to express that. And sometimes I start to self-sabotage, I do, because I'm just like, well, nothing I do matters. So I'm not gonna go above and beyond anymore. I'm not doing this or that. It's really, it's really been difficult to, to maintain that same level of consistency or, or just want you know, to shine on my team. Like it's, it's cause it just feels like everything that I do, it's not valued. Yeah. I mean, and that's really, that's really hard to feel that, you know, and it's, it can sort of send us down a spiral and it sounds like sometimes it yeah. has. And first yeah. of all, especially you're, you know, like, especially with the increased workload and the change. And it's like, well, we're mm -hmm. in the middle of a global pandemic and instead yep. of prioritizing your mental health, what you had to do was take this increased workload while also taking the mental load of like knowing, hey, you are now working me more, but you're not paying me more. Like all of a sudden you're no. undervaluing me. So like that takes a mental toll. Like being undervalued in the yeah. workplace takes a mental toll. So let me ask you something, because you said, you know, you, you've mentioned negative self-talk. Let's talk about positive self-talk. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. So you, you also mentioned a little bit about um, preparing for an interview and, and how do you prepare? And I, I okay. firmly believe in preparing with confidence because there's two ways to prepare for a job interview. You can come to like from this like frantic mentality of what we talked about of all of our hopes and our dreams and like oh my god if they don't like me like oh my right. god I'm gonna have to go to my miserable job and and be and like and hate my life and no you can also take the approach of hey you know you can do this they know you can do this you're just you know you're understanding that you're just assessing for fit so my like my trick to prepare for a job interview with confidence is to look at the job description and to start listing the ways in which I know that I can accomplish that. And I always say that to my clients. It's like, bring out the job description. That's actually really smart. Yeah, yeah so that sounds like, um, yeah, why do you, um, why does that sound like a good idea to you? You know, and I like that you, that you broke things down the way you did because um, I feel like it, it was a different time when I was trying to, break in when I first broke into tech and then when I was trying to get back into tech um because the first company I worked for they lost their funding and they let me go and um I used to 
take more time to prepare in that way. So now I'm at a point in my life where it's like, oh, how do I, how do I go about things from a place that's not chaos? I feel like I've been so used to being in a place of chaos and like I just had this drive, but now I'm not. And it's almost like I'm sabotaging it. So instead of, like you said, preparing with confidence, I'm immediately, even in the preparation, going into it like, does it even matter? Like, I'm just going to get passed up again. Um, so it's really hard to maintain that, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's this thing, it's, um, it's called the, the Rosenthal effect. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll send you a video, but basically like, it's like the, how you think about something, it influences how you act about it, you know? Yeah. And so if you think you're just going to get passed up, then you're going to go and like, oh, well, I'm not even going to prepare that much. And then you're going to go into the interview with like this negative energy and believe it or not, right. energy actually like it's indescribable, but let me ask you, have you ever walked into the room and you could tell it's like, whoa, are you guys okay? <laughs> You know? Right. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, so like, so you can feel that yeah. energy. So even though like, bef I didn't really believe in like, you know, quote unquote, like energy. And I'm like, what is that? That's like too woo for me. But then I, I thought about yeah. that, you know, like I've walked into rooms and immediately felt good energy, or I've walked into rooms and immediately felt bad energy. And that was just the confirmation that I needed. So I'm saying all that to say that, like, again, the energy that, that you put into preparing, if it's chaos energy, people are going to feel that in the interview, even through Zoom, they're going to feel chaos energy. Right. But if you're coming from yeah. a place of abundance, which is hard, you know, because it's, especially with like having a history of, of being, you know, let go because your company lost funding, like deep down in your mind, there's a part of you that like, that thinks, oh, and, and you said it earlier, oh, I'm going to lose my job, you know? And so that's coming from a place of scarcity for a very real reason, because you have lost your job, yeah. you know? <laughs> I don't want to say like, no. oh, like, oh, that's scarcity mindset. It's, it's true. It's, yeah. It has yeah. affected you. Um, but no, and I love that you said that because like people that are at my company that I meet, um, and it's not, it's not always, obviously there's not very many people of color, but I have met people of color. I've met white people, but they don't have to worry about like, if I lose my job, like, oh, okay. So I would be lucky enough that I can like sleep on my mom's couch in her little apartment. But I have plenty of other people, like, it's like that that fear isn't as it's not looming as heavily because their family's not relying on them in the way that like my family's relying on me or like they have a home to go back to, you know, if, if things were to fall to the wayside. So that it's, it's hard to not go into it with that scarcity mindset. Um, but I, I would like to get, you know, get better at not doing that. Yeah. Right. And again, it's, yeah. It, it, and uh, thank you for, for sharing that example, because it is completely like, it just changes how we operate, you know, because yeah, as first gen professionals, like it's like, we don't necessarily have, yeah, we are so grateful. Like I'm grateful that I could sleep on my parents' couch. You're grateful that that could be a, a solution, right. you know, but what's the underlying thought? if I don't get this job or if I lose this job, I'm going to lose my home and have to live with my, so you see how, even though like there's that fear there, there's that fear thought, right. 
um so mm-hmm. we're kind of just like accepting it and like planning for it like oh if I lose my home it's okay it's okay I can live with my mom you know and so again yeah. like it's the fear that's sort of like baked in and again for very real reasons so this is why like a lot of my my interview prepper or even just career coaching in general it's about mindset and strategy because I can if we hadn't talked about mindset you know, then, then if we're not addressing the thoughts that you're walking into an interview with, then that's not going to influence your behaviors, you know, and it's not going to influence the, the energy that you put in and it's not going to influence how you, how you think about something. And therefore it's not going to influence how you um, act towards it, you know? So like what you believe to be true determines your outcome. All right. So if you believe, oh, I'm just going to get passed over, then <laughs> that may be the case. And now here's the thing. Um, I'm not saying that you caused it. Of course, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, remember in for, for job interviews and in, in terms of like confidence, my biggest um, advice to you is this, lower the stakes, okay? It's lower the stakes. It is- That's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's about an interview is just determining- whether it's a good fit or not. And remember, you get to ask them questions too, okay? So lower the stakes. Um, And even if that's not the right job, that's because something better is there, is out there for you, okay? I promise you that. Um, So uh, before we wrap up, I did want to ask you that. Do you um, you like to, like, do you have any questions that you'd like to ask the employer before you wrap up the interviews? I haven't, I haven't done it as much. I think sometimes I have a habit of asking the questions, like too many questions early on, and then I don't save any for the last bit. But um, typically I ask if they haven't told me already, um, you know, why is this role opening up? What is the company culture like? But I'm also getting to the point in my career, I think they need to be more targeted, similar to the question you told me to ask the manager, like, oh, like, you know, like, what's your management style? Like, I didn't even think to ask something like that. And I should be asking something like that, considering my previous experience. Um, but I guess what, what do you, other, aside from why, this, why did this role open up or company culture, is there anything else I should be asking during the initial phone screen? So during the phone screening is about trying to get more information, like as much information as possible. Um, you know, and that kind of varies. Sometimes they give you like some background, oh, you know, this is a new role or we're opening up or we're expanding or, you know, like our right. the team is whatever. They, they usually give you some background on that during like initial screening, but mm-hmm. it honestly all comes down to what you value, you know? Um, so I'll give you an example. I value learning. Uh, learning is one of my, one of my strengths, one of, one of the things like I, I'm always like listening to an audiobook or, or learning something new. So in job interviews, a question that I ask almost always is how does your company promote a culture of learning? You know, because to me, that's important. I think one time um, in the job description, they said like, oh, we have a learning and development stipend. So I, I had to change the question. I was like, well, 
I saw that you have this listed as a benefit. How do you ensure that employees mm-hmm. take advantage of this learning? You know, because it's uh, because I didn't want them to say like, oh, we have a benefit. Didn't you, did you read this job description? <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, I read it, but I need to know how you promote it. So that is um, so that's something. And I, and I asked that question all sorts of different ways. I've even one time I was interviewing for a diversity, equity, and inclusion role. And I asked, do you have any learning um, and leadership development programs specifically for your talent from diverse racial and ethnic backgrounds? So it's all sorts of different questions, all related to learning, because that's my value. So my question to you is like, what are some of your career values? Like, what is something that you need from a job in order to be like, yeah, okay, I'm happy, you know? And so once right. you know what that is, you can ask the, the hiring manager, you can ask the phones, uh, you know, the recruiter or the initial phone screening, you can ask those questions, but it has to come from what's important to you. No, and that was a great example because that, that is really important to me. And as soon as you said that, what also followed that was support. Like, how are we going to be supported? Because not every company functions the same in that way and provides you support. Um, So I think those two things, and you gave me, I feel like some good talk tracks that I can use. And I purposely scheduled that interview next week just to give me time to prepare because I haven't interviewed with this company in, in a year and a half. So I'm just curious to see how it'll go this time around. Hopefully it's not the same manager as the last time, but okay. um, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to, to uh, put myself out there again. I've been scaling back my interviews just to work on myself. Um, I'm curious on your thoughts when you're in the initial phone screening, they're now, they're now asking you out the gate, like what your salary expectation is. Like, should you be giving them that range right then and there like i don't i don't know what's right i've just been giving them the the salary range in the initial phone screen because they're asking for it so i whenever i get asked that question i try to have them to give uh the first number (laughs) you know it's Mm. like can you tell me what you have budgeted for this role you know, it's, yeah, just ask, right. what are your expectations? It's like, well, <laughs> I expect a million dollars, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah, what amazing. Is that yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but ask him, it's like, so what is your, um, you know, like, what is your expected compensation for this role? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. if you ask, they will usually give you a number first, you know? And, and if you okay. can say, um, like, it's okay to sit with discomfort. You know, we, I guess we talked a little bit about like salary and then having that discomfort. Listen, I've been there where like my expectation was 95 because I was like, you know what? I'm at the level of my career where I should be. And I had never made like even two thirds of that. Okay? Right. <laughs> so so that's, that's big that you're saying that because I'm the only one in my family that has made the kind of money that I make. And, and, and even, even with that said, my friends make way more money than me. So sometimes it's hard for me to like, feel like, am I deserving? Am I allowed to say that? You know? Yes. 100%. Yes. Let me just say that 100%. Yes. And actually, um, the podcast episode that I released, um, a few weeks ago, episode 11 was about salary negotiations and why you are the first Yeah. So yeah, well, you're the first person you have to negotiate your salary with, because listen, 
So first things first, if they ask what your expectations, always ask them to give the first number, always turn it around and ask them for the okay. budget because, um, you know, whoever gives the first number Ooh. loses. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not a, a win-lose sort of, sort of, um, no, yeah. no, but what you're saying makes sense because I tend to lowball myself. At least I think I am. And it makes me uncomfortable even saying the number I'm saying, because even though I, I'm wondering, is it low ball or is it too high? Like, but I know I should be making that much. Yes, you should. And so, you know what, why don't you practice saying that out loud? You know, it's like, oh, I would like to be making, you know, whatever amount and like, say it, get comfortable saying it. The first time that I told the recruiter that I, my salary, it's like, I would like to be making six figures. Oh my God. I hung up and I was like, I, you know, I'm like fanning myself here. It's like, I can't believe yeah. I said that. But, you know, like it just, it's like practice. Okay. My, and it's like, okay, so based on my experience and you can give that, um, you know, like based on my experience and based on what I know I can accomplish for this role, you can say based on the market rate. Um, I believe my, I'm looking for something between X and X, you know, or I'm looking for something mm-hmm. of, of whatever, but you need to be comfortable saying it, practice it, practice saying it, practice how the words feel, practice saying it until it's no longer a big deal to say it. And because that's right. where confidence comes in. Listen to a uh, podcast episode 11. Um, I think you're going to like it. Oh, I, you have to convince to. yourself that you make, that you are worthy of that salary. Because if you don't believe it, right. the recruiter's not going to believe it either. No, I'm, I'm learning that. <laughs> so. Well, this is a, uh, this is extremely helpful and, and, perfect timing. Um, I'm actually, I've just been given an opportunity at my job to become a part of a pilot program. I was shocked that I was even chosen, but this could better prepare me not only for interviews, but potentially to be put in a pipeline for promotion. So that all of that has been happening in the like first meeting with you and then finding out that I was accepted into the pilot program at my job. So Yay, congratulations. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so, yeah, I'm so happy you reached out. So happy we made this happen. Please keep us posted because look what it sounds, it sounds to me like you have options. You are a woman with options. All right. You, you were selected for this pilot program. Um, You also have this interview coming up. You don't have to, you know, like having options is always a good place to be. Um, so please keep in touch. Please let me know um, how everything goes, I will. what path you decide to take. And remember, you are worthy of that higher salary. You are worthy of having a fulfilling career. You are worthy of, of doing the things that bring you joy. Okay. You deserve that. And it's okay to want that. It's okay to want a job yeah. where you're doing more of the fun things instead of the boring things. Okay. Like that's fine. It's like so hard to hear, but I needed to hear that, you know? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And please just let me know how, how everything goes. I will. Thank you so much for your time.